In a closely watched copyright case, the United States Supreme Court ruled in Andy Warhol Foundation versus Goldsmith that Andy Warhol's portrait of music legend Prince did not qualify as fair use under the copyright law. The decision affirms a previous ruling by the Second Circuit, which found that Warhol's artwork shared the same commercial purpose as the original photograph taken by photographer Lynn Goldsmith. The Supreme Court seemed to make great efforts to state that its analysis was limited to the specific use alleged to be infringing, the foundation's licensing of the Warhol Prince portrait to Condé Nast, and stated that the court did not express or was not expressing an opinion as to the creation, display, or sale of the original series of Warhol Prince portraits. And this case presents the unique situation of the two works actually competing in the same marketplace. However, this opinion is now the go-to for determining fair use, and it will have a wide, very wide impact. We are going to talk about the impact of this case on this installment of The Briefing by Weintraub Tobin. I'm Scott Hervey. Thank you for joining us on this installment of The Briefing by Weintraub Tobin. I'm joined by my partner, Tara Sattler. Tara, welcome. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. So these are the facts underlying the case. In 1981, Lynn Goldsmith was commissioned by Newsweek to photograph a then up-and-coming musician named Prince Rogers Nelson, who we all know as Prince or the Purple One. Newsweek later published one of Goldsmith's photos along with an article about Prince. Years later, Goldsmith granted a limited license to Condé Nast's publication, Vanity Fair, for the use of one of her Prince photos as an artist reference for illustration. The terms of the license included that the use would be for one time only. Vanity Fair then hired Andy Warhol to create the illustration, and Warhol used Goldsmith's photo to create a purple silkscreen portrait of Prince, which appeared in an article about Prince in Vanity Fair, a November 1984 issue. The magazine credited Goldsmith for the source photograph and paid her $400. Then, after Prince died in 2016, Condé Nast contacted the foundation about reusing the 1984 Vanity Fair image for a special edition magazine that would commemorate Prince. Condé Nast learned about the series of orange silkscreen portraits of Prince created by Warhol. This orange Prince image is one of the 16 works that Warhol derived from Goldsmith's photograph. When Condé Nast learned about the Orange Prince series images, it opted instead to purchase a license from the foundation to publish it. Apparently, Goldsmith was unaware of the Orange Prince series until 2016 when she saw it on the cover of Condé Nast magazine. And from there, this lawsuit commenced. The sole issue on appeal to the Supreme Court was whether the first fair use factor, the purpose and character of the use, weighed in favor of the foundation. Prior to this case, the focus of the first fair use factor had been on the transformative nature of the work itself. The Supreme Court in Campbell versus Acuff Rose Music, which is the known as the Two Live Crew case, uh, the Pretty Woman Two Live Crew case, uh, established this transformative use analysis when it said that the first fair use factor is an inquiry into whether the new work merely supersedes the objects of the original creation or instead adds something new with further purpose or different character 
altering the first with new expression, meaning, or message. In other words, whether and to what extent the new work is transformative. This transformative use analysis took on great importance and often eclipsed the other fair use factors. In other words, if the work was transformative, it was almost always found to be fair use. Yeah, I agree with that, Tara. Uh, prior to this case, the focus had been on whether the second work had a different aesthetic or conveyed a different meaning. According to the Second Circuit in Carry You versus Prince, the second work did not need to comment on or parody the original work, and the creator of the second work did not need to articulate a transformative intent for one to be found. In response to the Foundation's argument that the first fair use factor weighed in favor, uh, weighed in its favor because the Warhol work conveyed a different meaning and a different message than Goldsmith's photograph, the majority of the court said that this, without more, is not dispositive of the first fair use factor. Rather, the majority focused on the specific use of the infringing work, the licensing to third parties. The majority said, as portraits of Prince used to depict Prince in magazine stories about Prince, the original photograph and the foundation's copying use of it shares substantially the same purpose. The majority then went on to say that even though the foundation's work adds new expression to the original photograph, in the context of the challenged use, the licensing of the Warhol image to Condé Nast, the first fair use factor favored Goldsmith. So the focus of the first fair use factor, the purpose and character of the use, has seemingly shifted from a content-based analysis, in other words, an examination of the works themselves, to a purpose-based analysis. In other words, is the purpose of the use of the second work different enough from the first to justify a copying? That's right, Tara. And as you know, this is quite a paradigm shift in how the first fair use factor has been analyzed. That's true. So with the first fair use factor now taking into account and probably being heavily influenced by the purpose of the use, the cases following this are likely to delve into whether a copying is justified. We know from the majority that where the original work and the secondary use share the same or highly similar purposes and the secondary use is of a commercial nature, the copying is not justified. But that's just about all we know. Correct. And also, we're going to have to take a look at each intended use, the purpose of each intended use. While one intended use of the second work may justify copying, another may not. Yeah, I agree with you. So how do you think, Scott, this opinion affects appropriation artists and their work? Artists like Andy Warhol, Roy Lichtenstein, Richard Prince, Jeff Koontz? Well... I mean, this opinion will certainly cause some challenges for that category of art and artists. While artwork that appropriates the image of a, let's say, Campbell's soup can would probably constitute fair use for a wide variety of commercial purposes. And by the way, that was, you know, that was mentioned in the Warhol case and in the Oracle case previous to this. Um, artwork based on a photograph probably would have greater limitations, including, I think, possibly the sale of the original artwork itself. Yeah, I think that's a good point. 
This will also have an impact on the pending copyright infringement cases relating to the use of copyright protected material in the training of AI models. Prior to Warhol, the AI technology companies contended that the use will fall within the established bounds of fair use. But this seems to be an overgeneralization as Warhol will require a detailed analysis of the facts of each case. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, you know, it's a good time to be a copyright lawyer. The, the, the Warhol case is, um, is a new shift in the way that we look at fair use. It's a new uh, shift in the way that we determine whether something is transformative. And um, it's, it's going to generate in a lot of lawsuits, I think, uh, and a lot of analysis on our part as to whether or not uh, a work will, will constitute fair use. Yeah, and this is the first time the Supreme Court has heard a fair use case in, I think it's about 30 years. So it'll be interesting to see if this creates more turmoil that rises to the surface of the Supreme Court for further analysis in the future. Well, I think it definitely will create more turmoil amongst the the district courts and the circuit courts of appeal because it's really vague as to what, you know, what will justify copying. And we only look to the one factor in this case, or the Supreme Court did. So yeah. there's the other three factors that are still out there. Right. And maybe they'll take on more uh, weightiness, actually, in the analysis, because it was true. Basically, if something was deemed to be transformative, that was pretty much the end of it. And the other three factors were just really paid very little attention. Uh, and And so maybe there will be a greater, I guess, rebalancing of the... Um, of the factors, uh, but we'll, time will only tell, right? Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye and a heavy hand of involvement in all of this analysis. Great, thanks, Tara. Thanks for tuning in to this installment of The Briefing by Weintraub Tobin. Hopefully you liked what we discussed here and we have a lot more content available if you subscribe to this podcast or our YouTube channel.